Bring it in. The Super Bowl is set to uh, relatively new faces to the party. Two spectacular games over the weekend and the potential retirement of the greatest to ever do it. A lot happened since we put out an episode and we're going to break it down, setting up the Super Bowl. Cincinnati Bengals, LA Rams, congrats. And I'm joined by Scotty Miller. Scotty. I know uh, yesterday was was started off fun watching the first game and probably tailed off a bit for you. How you feeling? Yeah, yeah. Um, look, the way I see it, nobody expected uh, the 49ers to be there, uh, especially after the start they had. So uh, congrats on making something out of uh, what I think by even early November was relatively nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they were even starting to – the you know rumors of of Kyle being on the hot site seat, which is crazy, um, mm-hmm. but it's true. And and then we win nine out of the last eleven, including two road games against two of the best offenses in the NFL. Uh, just couldn't get it done uh, down the stretch in uh, in the NFC Championship game. But we'll get into that game later on. Just a just a bummer to see one of my teams lose on, especially on that stage. Dude, yeah, when you're in the conference championships if you're in the semifinals of anything and and you're one of the last four teams remaining like that shit sucks dude like no no ifs ands or buts about it i mean the 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 niners fought like hell the story as you said like this season as a whole is incredible and it's a testament to the coach that kyle shanahan is and and you know that roster being as as balanced as any in all of football i i genuinely believe that um and yesterday was a culmination of a bunch of things, right? It wasn't just Jimmy G, but like you said, we'll we'll get into all of that. I am uh, I am sorry for your boys. I didn't want to bug I didn't want to bug you last night. I just figured, <laughs> man, Scotty's in he's in mourning. It's all good. I, hey, I was just playing video games after, just so I didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> it's it's hey, that's the move, man. That's the move. Yeah. Plus, you know, it's uh, it's a hell of a run, and I think similarly to the Eagles, right? The second, like once you realize it's over, I was kind of in that boat of just being like, you know what? Like it is what it is. They got further than I thought they would. Right. And, uh, and I think the Niners, man, considering they had to win to get in the playoffs, essentially had to win four straight playoff games on, on the road. Uh, first team to ever do that. So uh, bright things are coming and you know, it's a valuable experience for Trey Lance, right? People thought Mahomes looked bad when he was popping in. You know, uh, in, in mop up time when he was a rookie under Alex Smith, and then next thing you know, he's lighting the world on fire. So, faith in in Kyle Shanahan, if nothing else. Um, but the weekend was good, man. It was Saturday. We were with each other on Saturday. Went out, yeah. Hit hit a brewery and a winery with uh, with a nice, lovely group of people, and we were pretty much dumbfounded when the Tom Brady stuff hit. And we're gonna spend some time. We're not gonna do a reflection on the goat's career, right? Because I think we're gonna wait for him to officially announce it. But uh, bombshell, one of the biggest pieces of news we've had probably since like LeBron going to the Lakers. Like when that broke, bombshell. Was, yeah, that was like yeah. a bombshell. I felt like this was the first like major NFL bombshell, um, like nuke style bombshell uh, that we've had in a while. So. Uh, interesting to see how the rest of that unfolds, but this leading story from the weekend, Scotty, and I think you'll agree with me, man, is 
Joey freaking buckets, man. Joe Burrow. What an unbelievable performance. He out Mahomes Mahomes in the second half. Uh, and also a massive, massive second half from the Bengals defense who who forced the Chiefs into looking like the team they did through the majority of the season. And I think that mm-hmm. was just the difference with this year's Chiefs teams than in years past. Um, you know, I said I said a few times all year, right? At some point, you are who you are, right? You are who the tape tells you are. You are who your record says you are, and you are what the numbers say you are. And for most of the season, Kansas City was in that top mix of teams. Um, but they had moments where they came up short and the second half was an all time blunder by Kansas city and not taking anything away from Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow's the one that made that shit happen, but twice these two teams played and both times the Bengals came back from double digit deficits to win the game. Uh, what else can you say about Joe Burrow than Holy shit, man, the Bengals are going to the super bowl and it's because of that dude let, you know, a year removed from tearing his ACL. Like, yeah. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. There's so much uh, that we do all season long, uh, talking about stats, about how people look on the field, just with with what we're watching, um, all the analysis that we listen to and buy into and, and, and incorporate. And then there's something that just can't be measured at all, and that is the the – it's two parts. A, the the buy-in that people have on the team to this person because B, he's such an unbelievable leader. And that that is a metric and a stat that cannot be tracked. It's it just like... It's the old Colin Coward thing that I hated yeah. because it's so dumb, but it's it's dead on and it's the manalytics, right? He always used to joke analytics, but oh, yeah. what about manalytics? And even though it's really dumb and cheesy, there's a lot of truth in that. And I, I completely agree. The moxie and the confidence, it lifts the entire team. Yeah. And look how much better everyone plays around him when, and, and how, how much everyone else on that, on that Bengals team is bought in on both sides of the ball, right? Because now you've – Joe Burrow's doing his thing out on the offense. Look how much better that defense played when they were like, hey, Joey's keeping us in this game. We got a shot. Uh, and, and the defense really stepped up um, in the second half there and, and in overtime. And, man, they just look so, so good in the second half. Uh, they, like, scary good, yeah. right? Because they're this young team that nobody counted on uh, to be anywhere near here. They were the last place in their division last year. Uh, and And now all of a sudden they find themselves in the Super Bowl because you have – this uh, centric figure uh, in Joe Burrow, who's who's just a consummate leader uh, and, and an absolute professional on on the football field and and you know off, but you know mentally too is is what I'm I'm getting at. But yeah, I mean his ability uh, just, to to com- to combine it all, right? It's the confidence mixed with the physical plays, the like that sack on third and or the should have been sack on third and seven that he squirms his way out of, and then. You know, Chris Jones tries to come back after almost sacking him in the pocket and dives at his feet. And I thought for sure he was going to, you know, get taken out and he gets by it and ends up, you know, running and stealing a first down. And then he did the same thing like two plays later on like second and long where he kept it up the middle and ran for a huge first down. Like and this is with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, like this is the nut cutting time. And they, you know, they were able to run the ball a little bit. Um, but the passing game, 
it wasn't this like consistent, like pretty offense. It was just like they'd get to like second and nine or third and eight in these somewhat manageable, but still challenging yeah. downs. And then Joe Burrow's just making the right play every, every yeah. time in that fourth quarter. I mean, he was, and, it was crazy. That's, that's the difference to me between uh, uh, one of the other quarterbacks in the, in the conference championships and not to, to compare them because they're two very different uh, quarterbacks, but the difference is when Joe Burrow gets out of the pocket uh, and and uses his legs and mobility, he's still got his head upfield trying to make the smart throw. Garoppolo, when we'll get to some of this stuff later and when we recap the Rams and Niners, Garoppolo just kind of improvises and freaks out and then nothing can come of that. And that was evident on the last play uh, of the game that that sealed it for the Rams. But, yeah. but Burrow has such a... a he's so in tune with what's going on on the football field uh, with his offense. And he knows where everyone's going to be at any given time. And I think that was part of what made Mahomes really special uh, and still does. But, you know, in the, in the years that they were in the Super Bowl uh, previous to this uh, season, that was one of the things that, that you could look at and be like, Mahomes doesn't even, he could run out of the pocket, not look and, Boom! There's Tyree Hill. Boom! There's Travis Kelsey. Boom! There's there's insert other receiver here. Pringle, McCall Hardman, all those guys. He he, that's what made uh, that's what makes Mahomes really special. We're seeing that a lot out of Burrow lately, uh, and and not to discount you know the talent he's got around him on the offense. I mean, T. Mm-hmm. Higgins had a couple of huge catches down the stretch that kept him in it, um, and and so did Jamar. But but uh, you know that. That's that's something that's such a, a a rare trait in the NFL that that Burrow's got. It's it's fun to watch. No question. And and I think when you know when you're alluding to a guy like Jimmy G, like Jimmy G has it all mentally, but what he doesn't have is the ability to extend plays and make th- like his. I, I, he is the one of the worst quarterbacks I've seen, and I'm still a Jimmy G defender. Um, but he's so bad on the run, like that almost interception. And, and we can, we'll get to this when we break down the game, but there was the, there was an almost interception that drilled Jalen Ramsey right on the shoulder um, that Jimmy G threw. And he, and when he threw the interception last week against green Bay, it was the same thing, right? Joe Burrow can do the mental inside the pocket, quick release stuff that Jimmy G can, but he can also do more of that Mahomesian style. Yeah. Right. Cause a lot of times quarterbacks nowadays are, you're kind of one or the other, right? Like you're like Jalen Hurts who can extend plays. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's this way, really good on the run, a really, you know, mobile quarterback escapability. Uh, Carson Wentz to an extent as well when, when he's really working. Um, but then there's this other kind of quarterback that's your Kirk Cousins and your Jimmy G's and, and Matt Ryan's who are quick and out of the pocket. And what we've seen with the exception of Brady is that to be that elite level quarterback, you have to be able to do both. You got it. Yeah. Herbert Allen Mahomes, and Joe Burrow was always like, you know what? Every white athlete hates to be called, but like sneaky fast or sneaky athletic. Right. Like, but he is in a way that like Rogers used to be like, he reminds me a lot of that, but it's his ability to continue to make plays and keep his eyes downfield, knowing when he's like, Hey, it's third and seven. And I escaped. I got to get to that pylon and to have the worth all the, you know, cross the ball, like yeah. all of that stuff. Is, is turning him into a very special quarterback. It's still yeah. crazy to me. Like he tore, he's coming off a torn ACL. Like Jimmy G took the Niners to the, the Super Bowl after he tore his ACL. 
but he wasn't doing what Joe Burrow's doing, and he wasn't the most sacked quarterback. This is the first time in NFL history, since they've at least since they've been keeping sacks, that the most sacked quarterback in the NFL made it to the Super Bowl. Hmm. He got sacked 51 even, times this year. Even Russell Wilson? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, because um, his his first – well, mate, I mean, I heard that stat, but now that I'm thinking about it, there was like one or two years um, where Russ wasn't the most sacked quarterback. But that that's a good fact check there. Um, either yeah, way, it, it's exceedingly it's like, rare. Yeah, it's almost like, you know – when when Jimmy goes out of the pocket, runs everything speeds up, and and he everything's rush 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 rush. Got to go 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 go. And and with Burrow, it's like everything's slowed down. I'm not, like I can see where everything is because the whole thing in front of me is slowing down. Yeah, but I think it's just like it's so hard to do that. Like Jimmy G's a, oh, yeah. is an average to above average quarterback, and yet like he he is still missing this rare piece that only a handful of guys have. And for the, a lot of the guys who are athletic enough, that helps slow the game down too. Right. That's like Herbert is that way. Like, mm-hmm. I think Herbert still gets a little loose when he's running around and scrambling, but he's so athletic and, and big that he can just see things. And then the arm talent, you know, he's able to squeeze balls in there, but he's not as good on the run or scrambling around as, as Joe Burrow. The other, so one of the things I was thinking about today that I wanted to talk about on the pod was, and we, we do, it's like a big sports media thing, right? We always got to do comps and we do it in draft season. And I know it's dumb. I know you shouldn't do that because you can't, shouldn't box players in, but I really love making comps. Like I'm like, if there's one like taboo thing in sports media that I absolutely do. And I know that it's not great is, is comps because it helps me contextualize, but I try to like make Frankenstein guys too. So I've been thinking in this case, when it's about comps, is what is the comp to this Bengals team? Because they they went ten and seven in the regular season. They lost back to back games to the Bears and the Jets. Joe Burrow threw three interceptions on three consecutive passes earlier this year, right? And there was that brief like week and a half or two week window where the Bengals were the first, were the number one seed in the AFC, and then I think is that's when they lost to the Jets, but. It makes me wonder, or it's when they got curb stomped by the the, the Browns. Um, I know there's been like nine and seven teams, the, the Giants come to mind, right, who go on these runs and, and win playoff games. But those teams are also like really stacked on defense. And I think comparing Joe Burrow to Eli Manning is unfair to Joe Burrow. No offense, Eli. I know, you know, he's probably a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. But the only other team I could really think of other than them would be like the, the what was it, the 05 Steelers, Big, Big Ben's second year mm-hmm. um, when they went and won the Super Bowl. But even still, that was like Jerome Bettis, and the, it, was, it was a Dick LeBeau defense, right? So the defense was still sick. And that's not really this Bengals team. And I just, at least in like modern NFL history, I don't think we've really had a team like this. Is there any that come to mind for you? Cause I spent no. a lot of time and it's like the offense kind of reminds me of the big Ben thing, but even still big Ben was terrible in that first Super Bowl. Like I think he threw for like 120 yards. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, there's none I can think of that weren't, you know, just stacked on the other side of the ball. Right. Like none yeah. of those Ravens teams offensively that were contending uh, in AFC championship games or in the Super Bowl were any good on offense. Like, yeah. 
rare was was that team uh and consistently throughout those years they had just an absolutely stacked defense and justin tucker of course kicking the ball uh so those two things probably you know outweigh how bad or or mediocre your offense was i i think it's the same in in all of those cases the giants was a great example um where they were just absolutely just loaded on defense. Uh, yeah. Same with the I mean, that, those yeah, D-line I, teams were were crazy. And and what's even crazier is, like, the Bengals' defense isn't great. Like, they've been middle of the road to, like, closer to, like, the 20s in, like, DVO. I think they were 22nd in defensive DVOA. Like, th- that's not good. And, yeah, like, Trey Hendrickson's had a monster year, and, and he has been a ton of fun to watch. He was a game wrecker yesterday. I think he had two sacks. Um, but he was just all he was causing pressure all game. Uh, and they definitely got some extra, you know, some some they have some other decent defensive linemen there. Uh, the linebackers played really well yesterday. But like Eli Apple got fucking torched and he, he ended up making a huge play at the end of the game. But he was getting torched by Tyreek yeah. Hill. So it's like you look at the defense, and you're like, there's one guy. There's really one dude that that you that scares you. And yet they just played this like cumulative team defense and they did just enough and made, you know, a huge play. Like the fact that, you know, they almost intercepted the first play of overtime and then they turn around on the second play of of overtime and actually pick off Mahomes. Like that was massive uh, and completely changed the game. So maybe they're, they're, they're kind of like an opportunistic defense. Like they'd rather take shots and, and, and try to make big plays. And it's definitely helped them a little bit here. But the offensive side of it, you know, like the Aaron Rodgers year, no. I mean, he's not the Drew Brees Saints year, I don't think. Like, we just really haven't seen a story like this where a team that was pretty mediocre but just has this fucking stud, you know. And and I said this on the pod with Vito on Friday. Like, think about Joe Burrow, dude. Like, we've had Joe Burrow in our lives realistically for, like, two and a half years, right? Three years if you want to go back to his first year when he was starting at, at LSU when he came in. But really, starting in the last three years, the guy has never lost something of significance, right? Completely undefeated schedule all the way through college football, sets the passing record, which got broke this year by Bailey Zappi, um, wins the Heisman, wins the national championship, destroys – uh, Oklahoma in the process, just you know, massive second half against Clemson in the national championship game. They beat Alabama that year, right? Then he goes into the draft, and and he hasn't really played a meaningful game since this playoff run because he got hurt last year. And then it's three insanely impressive wins, two of which come on the road to go on and now play in a Super Bowl. And this dude is 26, 25. It's yeah. it's insane. It's an it's unbelievable run. This and and people are like, hey, so confident. I'm like, yeah, no shit. The dude's never lost something that's mattered. Yep. The first player to who could potentially win the uh, the national championship, the Heisman, and a Super Bowl, just ever, just ever. just those three. And he's going to potentially he do them do in, in three years, which is nuts. Nate Evans, the uh, the. Uh, linebacker for UCF uh, ever since he taunted him in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we talked Joey about, we talked about that on the, 
I, we, I gave you credit because, yeah, you sent that tweet to me. I, I think I'd seen it earlier in the day, but I, we brought it up on the pod because that run is ridiculous, man. It, it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And I, I mean, I heard a stat too. The only players who have beaten Mahomes in the playoffs are Brady, Brady again, and now Joe Burrow. That's it's, wild. it's an unbelievable, like, I, I just love the kid. And Vito and I were talking about it too. And I, I picked Cincinnati cover, but I thought Kansas City would win outright. I just, I'm just blown away by him, man. I just, I love yep. the kid. And I know everybody is sucking his dick on social media today. Like, I know it's, that's just what it is. And I don't really care. Like, again, like, I, lo- I just love the kid. I think he's an absolute rock star. And right now, I'm leaning towards betting on him for the Super Bowl because I said I said it long ago, midseason. The the Bengals are the best team in the AFC, and I stuck with it. Uh, well, and I'm glad I did. You didn't at one point because it was midseason. We did that. You said Cincinnati, and then I didn't. I had Baltimore because we another thing video I talked about in the pot. And then we uh, we did it again later in the season. I think you picked Baltimore or Cleveland. No, sir. Not me. Might have. Think it might have. Because at that point, I'd switch to Cincinnati. We'll Go Bengals. Tapes. <laughs> but you have been high on Cincinnati. You've been you've been riding with Cincinnati for most of the year. No question. You were definitely the first one on that. I'll give credit where credits due. Gonna put a future in then. Um, right now, I think they're like it's the lines at three and a half, four, depending on where you see it. So it's the it's gonna be an interesting Super Bowl. Um, I'm not done with this game yet because I want to talk about Kansas City. And the Chiefs obviously have been on a pretty remarkable run so far. And everyone was talking about it, right? Four AFC championship games uh, hosted four years in a row. And then there's another set like what Mahomes has done at age 26 and younger compared to like ever all these other quarterbacks, like, you know, Drew Brees only went to three uh, NFC championship games and like comparing it to other like all time greats. He's still only 26 years old. I get that, especially with the increase of all these other quarterbacks that the AFC has, it's loaded. But he is still significantly ahead of his contemporaries. And pretty much everyone else uh, who's not named Tom Brady that's currently in the NFL. And and I get it, like Russ and, and all these guys, they've done incredible stuff. And I know only one Super Bowl in four years and two trips to the you know NFC champ- or AFC championship game is – you could say underwhelming, like if four years ago I said, like, hey, he's this is how many AFC championship games they're going to host, how many Super Bowls they win. I probably would have put the over-under at one and a half. But I still think Mahomes is better than any of the other options. Not by a whole lot. Like, I obviously, Joe Burrow wins this game. I would, I don't know who I would take just because of my love of Joe Burrow, but if you're just analyzing the players and again, knowing what Mahomes has already accomplished, like I would take Mahomes and I, I would take Mahomes over Josh Allen. And I think this is a trendy time for people. And we do this for superstars all the time. We build them up so that way eventually we can pick at them and tear them down in, in the end. And I think people still like Mahomes, but the way they attack his fiance and his brother, who don't get me wrong, are annoying as fuck. But Like, there's just little things that were cute, and the same thing happened to Steph. I've made that analogy a million times. I just – 
I feel like it's a little early for people to be overreacting to Mahomes because look, he had a bad half, but he's like, look what he's done already. Right. Well, are you with me there? Or do you think that the gap is close enough now where, who, you know, it just is what it is. And those guys are in the same realm. No, I, I, I think the gap is closing quickly. Uh, I will agree to that, but I still think he's, he's a class above. Uh, and Look, if Burrow goes out and wins this game, and then next year we're talking about a rematch of the AFC Championship, or, or uh, if something else happens the opposite way with Mahomes, then hey, let's have that conversation. But like, I, I still think for for now, talent wise, he's a class above. Uh, I still think if you put him on any other team, he could lead them to a, a deep run in the postseason. Um, and, and yeah, I, I I would agree with you there. Like, and maybe the answer is, is Josh Allen. I don't know. And obviously Brady and Rogers like make a big difference, but I think you just made a really interesting point there, which is again, if you could put, if, if you put him on pretty much any team in the NFL, they're a playoff team. Yeah. Like if he's yeah, playing for the Lions, the are they, you know, how many wins is, is Patrick Mahomes good for? Right. Seven on his six. Somewhere in that ballpark, on his own, yeah, I'd yeah. say. I mean, look at the, look at the Chiefs this year. It's great their defense was playing better down the stretch, but like without Mahomes there, there's there's no way that's a playoff team. None. Yeah, they played and, so bad in the first third, two thirds of the season that it was it was they wouldn't be, even be close. And, and I don't think Andy Reid did a very good job of of helping him with some of the play calling this year. And you know me, like I don't like to comment on play calling because there's just so much we don't know from the outside. Yeah. But Andy Reid said as much in the, in the post game, right? Like the, the play at the end of the first half, like wh- why is wh- it's the end zone or you're throwing it out of bounds. So at least you can get a, one more shot at it. Or, you know, you have four seconds. It's a quick throw. It's out. And if we have a second left, then we can go kick the field goal to, to dump that little swing route to, to Ch- Tyree kill. I just was like, what are you doing? You're just giving yourself a chance to not score any points before halftime uh, after they just go on this masterful drive and could have been up 28 to three going into halftime. So I, I like the gamble. I just hated the play call and Andy Reid owned up to it. But I think a lot of this year, Mahomes was put into positions partly on his own, but I think partly too, like they never committed to running the ball. They were averaging like six yards a carry as a team yesterday. And they would not run the ball in the second half. And that was even with the lead. And I think part of like part of the blame is now being put onto Mahomes. He's been good for a long time. But again, I think his football IQ is off the charts. And like Josh Allen, I is probably the, the next option. But people forget too, like Josh Allen scored six points against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right? Yeah. Like, like we Josh Allen, we we were so get so caught up as being prisoners of the moment of all right, this uh, we just saw one of the greatest football games of all time on you know a couple weeks last week in the AFC divisional round. That was an amazing game. You still have to look at the whole season. And Josh Allen regressed this year from what he did last year. He came up better in the playoffs, no question. And by the time they hit the playoffs, they were rolling. But like, let's not be so quick to like, and, and I I would agree to the extent that like people thought, oh, he's gonna be the next Brady. I don't know if that's feasible you know, for Mahomes. But if we're talking about, is he going to be one of the greatest? His resume alone to this point 
puts him in that conversation of like Hall of Fame, which is crazy because he's only 26, going to be 27. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. And look, from a from a football standpoint, I, I don't think that, like you were saying, the offense didn't do many favors. Well, yeah, like uh, it, it was like trying to, to throw his way out of a slump, right? So the defenses start doing things differently, going too high, not blitzing, uh, making him force throws. And you can't throw your way out of a slump. And I think a lot of that was put on Mahomes' shoulders because he had a career high for interceptions this year. And a lot of that was due to, you know, the different looks that defenses were giving him, but like, you can't just throw out of it just because you have a homes. Like you have to help him out at some level with the way that you're running your offense. Right. Yeah. I mean, my home's still through for 4,800 yards. Yeah. 37 right. touchdowns. So that's like, that's just further evidence of like, it's not the, player right it's... yeah and this is this is the you know this is the bad year for for patrick mahomes that's yeah. this has been his his worst season that right at least if you just followed the media that's what you would believe mm-hmm. that this is the worst patrick mahomes season if his down year is that do you know the the rushing leader on the chiefs was this year daryl um, williams you know, yeah how many rushing yards he had 558 and I know that they supplement a lot of stuff and they do end arounds with Kelsey and Pringle and, and they run a lot of screens and it's Andy Reid. It's the West coast offense. I get it, but I still think the most dangerous I ever saw the chiefs was the year with, with uh, Kareem hunt when they could demolish yeah. you and punish you with a running game. And, and look, I'm the biggest Brian Westbrook fan of all time. The West was awesome but he still was a West coast running back and he could run between the tackles like Clyde Edwards, Elaire, but like, fuck it, man. If you're Kansas city, go get a bruiser. It would have been so much better for Kansas city. If they had a guy like Kareem hunt in this game, in that fourth quarter, in the third quarter to just play ball control, to, to take a little bit of pressure off of Mahomes, And when, and then, and then the other thing with guys like Kareem hunt too, is they can then take off and break one, right? And it's a 30-yard game or it's a touchdown. And it's, you know, it's helping relieve Mahomes so he doesn't have to do everything. And with an aging, you know, Travis Kelsey's 33, man. And and Tyree Kill's almost 30, if not already. And we don't really know how much longer this nucleus is going to be together. So the Chiefs are going to have to be in, in that like metamorphosis stage, right? Where, you know, you're going from what one offense was into the next. We saw that with like the Patriots dynasty. Because if the model is is Tom Brady and the Patriots, which it kind of should be, then you're going to have to adjust and change over time. But I, it just bothered me. I just, I've heard a lot of Mahomes heat, and I get it. He didn't play great, but like, he's just I, this game was just two unbelievable quarterbacks, and and the moxie and the confidence in both guys. Uh, I just, I don't know. I loved it, and obviously, again, the gap is much closer than it's been before. Um, but I just, I just don't think we, I don't think we recognize enough just how ridiculous Mahomes has been through four years, man. Like it's yeah, pretty good, you know. And and nothing against Tom Brady, but Tom Brady wasn't doing this through his first runs of Super Bowls. You know, he made a couple of huge throws and a huge big plays, no question. But he wasn't doing what Mahomes did from year one until year four. Yeah, right. And Brady also got a ton of help from his defense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Chiefs. Far. The Chiefs have never had a great defense. 
you know, in this, in this run, they've had good defenses and they definitely had moments. Um, I did see an interesting tweet today uh, regarding Tyron Matthew, because he's a free agent um, after now, now his season has wrapped up. Um, yeah. He, he sent a message in response to a, a, a local, I believe news outlet in Kansas city and uh, basically just said, Hey, thanks for all the memories. And for all the time, you guys have always been really good to me. And it was, it was a pretty interesting tweet, man. It's, I mean, that sounds pretty definitive. Like yeah. already he's like, yeah, I'm out. And I don't know if it's, you know, there's just, I, I'm sure there's going to be a big pot of money out there from somewhere. So I hope he doesn't seem like a cash grab kind of guy, but you think he's going to go to San Francisco? I would love that. He would be so good at to shore up that back end. Yeah, and that's that's just been the one weak spot over the last four years. I can tell you the Eagles could use him too. Yeah, a lot of teams could because he's just <laughs> that's true. He's, he's one of the pets of what he does. So uh no, he's that's interesting most, though. Yeah, I don't right. know how reactionary that is though. I mean he's another guy that I, I don't think gets a ton of respect for how ridiculous he is. Like even when he was yeah. on the Cardinals, like I think he was kind of looked at as like a bust through his first couple of years. Um and then, like, all of a sudden, like, he was on the Cardinals. And, like, you know who's sneaky good is Tyron Matthew. It's like, yeah, like, what are you talking about? Have you not been watching? <laughs> He's always been that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, he just never got talked about in Arizona. And then he goes to Kansas City. And, obviously, with Mahomes and everything else, it's definitely helped boost his, you know, his Q rating there. But, I mean, he's the closest thing we have. And you could put Ramsey in this box, too. But, you know, Ramsey plays more outside when, when he's not playing that star position. Um, but – Tyron Matthews is the most we've had since like a Palomalu, Ed Reed, you know, that the heyday of safeties was that, you know, early to mid, you know, two thousands where it was Mm -hmm. Brian Dawkins, Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu, Sean Taylor, you know, Bob Sanders, like all those guys who were just, they were just ball hawks and run stuffers all built into one. And they would just freelance and do so much shit. The only guy that we really see do that consistently in, in the NFL is Tyron Matthews. Um, and again, like the, the Rams do run that weird system where Jalen Ramsey's basically allowed to kind of do whatever he wants, um, which is part of what makes him such an incredible player. But he also sometimes has to play outside and just play straight up man to man and lock guys out, too. So to have like a true am I missing somebody or I guess it kind of feels like that's and part of that's probably the nature of how the NFL's changed and it's harder to guard. But. No, no, there's just I no other real guys like the. Fired a little bit in in Tennessee. Well, my, I mean, Micah's kind of doing that hybrid thing anyway, but he's just doing it from inside linebacker or outside linebacker defensive end or safety. If he needs, I don't know. I'm excited for in the next like 10 years or probably more like 20 or 30 years, but football is going to just turn into like all hybrid defenders. Like it's just going to be a field full of Micah Parsons on both sides of the ball. You're going to have a 240 pound guy who can, uh, who can play pass defense as well as he can pass rush. Yeah. And there's going to be like, 11 at, of them. Like, look at the Cardinals. Like, <laughs> Cardinals are already yeah. doing that with Isaiah Simmons and yeah. Zay, Zay Collins. or or It's my guy, and I can't remember his name. It's not Zay Collins. Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins. I was just missing the vin- – I'm tight with him. I call him Zay. Yeah. Attaboy. Yeah, we have, we have that kind of relationship. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Any other prevailing thoughts here? I mean, again, like, it definitely was a collapse and the chiefs struggled there in the second half. I mean, it, it was not good, but this game to me is a testament to Cincinnati 
and the fact that they got the turnover and, and went down in overtime to win too was uh was really awesome so i don't know any yeah. other prevailing takeaways from this no no i just i think we're seeing if not a team definitely a star on the rise yeah i you know it's so funny the guys think about the like the last couple like real plucky teams that like were like really the last two have been you know philly and and now cincinnati of teams that like you just don't expect to make the playoffs and look at the head coaches you know so many people hated the doug peterson hire um and so many people were like who the fuck is zach taylor is he my realtor is he like my insurance guy like he doesn't look (laughs) like my football coach uh and i think for a long time like no one really ever paid attention to him because it was like, oh, it's, you know, first year. They're going to be the worst team in football. They were. And then they get the first hour of pick. And it's like, oh, Joe Burrow, we'll watch. And then, like, Joe Burrow gets hurt. And then we stop watching the Bengals, stop paying attention to the Bengals. And now we're, like, three years into this thing with Zach Taylor. And it's pretty damn impressive what he's done. Because I get it. The Joe Burrow thing is huge. But being the head coach of a team that just yeah. did what they've done here is incredibly impressive. And he's not going to get into the credit because people just love Joe Burrow and they want to attribute everything to Joe Burrow. But it is damn fucking impressive to take a team that yeah. th- think about point. they were the worst team in football when the pandemic started. It's been the pandemic still going on. It's been two years. And now his team's playing for the chance to win the Super Bowl. What a time to be alive. Congrats to the Bengals. They haven't been there in 30-some-odd years, uh, since they played the Niners. Well, both times the, the Bengals were in the uh, Super Bowl, they played the Niners, which is why it would have been really weird if now, 31 years later, it's like, God damn, fucking Niners again. <laughs> and I tell you what, I don't think the Bengals would be uh, – I, I might like them a little bit more than I, than I like the Rams – because I just do think the Rams' defensive line is gonna it's gonna feast, and we'll switch over that game here in a sec. But yeah, man, that that Cincinnati and San Francisco game would be would be weird, and I think it would be trouble for. I think the Bengals are the underdog in both games, no question. But yeah, yeah, yep. go Bengals, go Bengals. I think America's rooting for the Bengals and uh, and Joey B. So with that, let's switch over to the Rams and the Niners. Um, Scotty's chugging a beer. He's got to get the alcohol level up to, to be okay with this. I know, buddy. It was, it was brutal. Yeah. It was, I mean, they, I don't know. Let me, I'll let you go first. Vent, say what you got to say. I, I just, so my, the biggest thing to me is you talked about, you know, when you get to the stage in the postseason that you you are what your record says you are, the old Bill Parcells thing, you are what your the the numbers say you are, all that. And there was one team in the NFL, two actually, uh, one we just talked about, but the other was just defying all of that logic over the the last eleven games, and that was the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and you know the commitment to their game plan working, and and the commitment to uh, 
believing in each other and and being there for each other and surrounding each other with uh, love and respect and talent is what kind of drove the whole thing uh drove the whole ship i mean how many injuries did we have all year long um in every phase of the game our secondary was depleted at one point like literally we were playing two rookies on the outside uh in ambry thomas and uh and uh Juan Williams and I just for for us to have gotten that far defying the the logic and I hit it at the top we played one of the best offenses in the NFL in the wild card weekend uh in uh in Dallas on the road beat them we played uh, what we thought was an absolute juggernaut in in the Packers and you know was even Eight, nine weeks ago, we were like, yeah, definitely one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl top three mm-hmm. uh, and beat them on the road in the fifth coldest game ever recorded at Lambeau Field, which is insane. Um, and in the snow, and, too. Yeah, and so to to have defied the logic that long and to beaten who we've beaten, and you can throw in week 18 against the Rams, too. When well, we came back I was, was going to say, like, the Rams had something to play for in that game, and they jumped up to a 17 nothing lead, and as far as I'm concerned, that is a playoff game. Yeah. They, if they didn't win, they were not making the playoffs. They, they had to win that game and they found a way to do it. I mean, you, like I say, you basically won three, was it three, four playoff games? Yeah. Cause they had to just keep winning and it was all on the road against really good teams. I mean, three playoff yeah, teams. They went so, three so, and one in the last four weeks against three really good teams. Yeah. And so to defy the logic, like I said, for those last 11 games and then beat the three teams that we did to get to this point in the NFC Championship game and be up by 10 points in the second half and lose, that was that was the, the biggest thing for me. Um, and it hurts worse because it's L.A., obviously. Anyone who's listened to this podcast knows how I feel about L.A. and most of Southern California So uh, as a San Francisco boy, so... Um, that, that was part of the sting too, but like, look, man, at the end, it was what we were right. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play well. His decision-making was very poor. Um, we, we tried to commit to the run, but that defensive line was so good that we couldn't, uh, and we ended up doing what the, the absolute last thing that, that we needed to have done. Uh, and not that it would have been not that it was awful for most of it, but like for the game to be squarely in Jimmy's hands at that point with, you know, Kittle and Ayuk and Debo uh, to help out. And even Debo got banged up and, and was underutilized as a receiver and overutilized as a, as a running back. He took Um, that. He he took a fucking shot. Yeah. From Nick Scott, Penn Stater. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely Um, lit him up. Up. Yeah, and it was a clean hit. It was great. Yeah, hit. it was. Uh, and I'm glad yeah, that they I, picked because they they initially threw the flag on it, and I'm glad yeah. that they picked it up because that was yeah, that was just p- perfect defense. Yeah, yeah. So I look at the end. We are who we were. That's it. And, yeah. and and nobody expected us to be there at that point. So uh, especially after a three and five start, I think we were. Um, so. I mean, you there's know. there's a bunch of positives to take out of it, right? Yeah. Like, and I get it. Like, it, losing is never going to feel good. And as a fan, your team loses in the 
conference championship game. There's nothing that I could say or anybody else could tell you that's going to make you just feel like good about anything. You know, like it sucks. Like your team was right there with the lead in going into, you know, in the fourth quarter. And, you know, unfortunately, like Matt Stafford made some incredible throws, Cooper Cup, and, and you're playing this extremely talented team on the opposite side of the ball. And, uh, you know, the old expression gets said to death, but X's and O's versus Jimmy's and Joe's, right? It's not the X's and O's, Jimmy's and Joe's. And the, the Rams got a lot of Joe's, man. They got a lot of Jimmy's and a lot of Joe's and they are, they're deep all over that defense and on offense and offense too. Oh my God. That tight end had like 90 yards receiving. It was like after Higby went out. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was their Blanton was his name. He was five, five for 57. Um, but that he had a 20 yard deep one, but I mean, when Odell Beckham jr, (laughs) like if I had told you going into the game, Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. would each go over 100 yards and Cooper Cup would have 140. You know, you would have said, oh, we got our asses kicked. You're like, there's no way that we, we win this game. And the fact of the matter is, is like you, you pretty much almost did. And and I get it. Like for Jimmy G haters, this is the poster child of it. And, and I get it. I yeah. get his limitations. I've never once said like, oh, he's – an all-star pro bowler, all pro great. You know, like he's, he's a good quarterback. And the problem is, is if you, you know, in order to be great in the modern NFL, like we were talking about earlier, you got to be mobile. You got to be able to do off schedule things. That's just what the standard, like the standard for being an all pro in the NFL is not just being Tom Brady anymore or Peyton Manning or a pocket quarterback or Drew Brees. No, it's, you also have to be a ridiculous athlete too. You know, that's yeah. that's just the world we live in with the modern NFL game and also just how ridiculously talented quarterbacks are. And I just don't think there was there's much you can do and that that was probably the last game, right? For for Jimmy G. But he also Which, wasn't he wasn't terrible. And he get, no. he's getting heat for the interception on the last drive and I get it, but it was third what down. What else were you long. supposed to do? Yeah. He had a shot. And I also think the running back, you know, borderline should have had it. Probably it was probably a little bit too high, but he also mistimed it too and jumped late and he just went over his head. But like, you know, if Mahomes is doing that, we're not crushing him for it. You know, maybe a little bit. We're, actually, we're probably crushing him for it too. Let's be honest. But he gets the benefit of the doubt that Jimmy G doesn't, which, yeah you know, is, is probably fair, but yeah. the season as a whole, man, it's, it's a great, and, and the, the, the Rams said, fuck, fuck this running game. Jimmy G is going to beat us. And he almost did. And he played, yeah. I mean, 16 of 30. And if you take out the last drive, which I get is a really dumb thing to say, but like, if you take out the last drive, right. Jimmy G was like, Oh, for four in his last four, you know, you know, plays there and they i think as a total the niners went six plays without picking up a single yard um in their last two like drives but jimmy g went uh would have gone 16 of 24 for 232 yards and two touchdowns up until that point like again if i tell you that you're getting 16 of 26 for 232 yards and two touchdowns in a game against the Rams, you would probably be stoked for that, you know, Take that. and that's his stats yeah. going into the fourth quarter. So it, it wasn't an amazing day. And I get that the interception, a couple things, and, and some of his decision-making, like you said, Scott was off. 
I just tip my cap to, to the Rams, man, because the Rams sold out and there was that great moment of Aaron Donald calling the whole defense together and just ripping into everybody. And like, you know, when he's vocalizing stuff that he's, he's a, normally a pretty quiet guy on the sidelines, at least r- reportedly, he's not a rah-rah guy. So when he's lit, lit, you know, firing into them, they're all like, oh shit. All right. Yeah, let's go. Like Burt's and, and to their credit, they stacked the box. They didn't let them run and guys in the secondary started making more plays. And then you have those, those three guys up front, man, it was Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, uh, Aaron Donald, obviously. And then who is, who's the big white guy? Uh, Gaines. Gaines. Yeah. That yeah. dude was who knocked down like three passes. Yeah. 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 Well, and the monster. thing was too, that before that point in the game, you hadn't heard Von Miller his name called you hadn't heard Aaron Donald his name called you hadn't heard Gaines so uh, rarely had you heard Jalen Ramsey's uh just on on a couple of of pass breakups but like so our offensive line did such a good job of neutralizing those those three big guys up front there's no excuse that we shouldn't have at least moved the ball more than we did yeah. Right? So like that, that to me was, was a big fail too. And then on the, on the backside on defense, just like, I don't know how, like, it's tough to double Cooper cup, right? Because now, especially when you have Higby and OBJ and, and Cam Akers out there, right? Because what, one of those three guys is going to be open. So I've always contended, like let Cooper cup get his, but the fact that like, Mostly was getting beat on on routes because OBJ was just running better than than he was, and it just made him look like a fool two straight plays in a row. Just on on one was like a uh, on a comeback out, and then uh, on a skinny post, and it was just like you just put his foot in the ground, like yeah, stay in front of him. <laughs> like, uh, like, but also I and I think Oda Beckham is one of those guys that went from obviously like oh my god, one of the best receivers in football, to then like man, he's really shitty on cleveland and now this feels almost like a comeback story and to be honest like last year in cleveland odell was like actually pretty still pretty good you know and i think people are treating it like oh my god odell still got stuff left in the tank and i'm like i don't really think he ever i just think he he got injured a bunch and then never really had good chemistry with baker um but as his dad showed us right he definitely had some you know he had some some times where he was beating guys in Cleveland too. So I always kind of believed that Odell still had this. I just didn't know if mentally he was like bought in. And that was always the issue for me. And clearly like, and this is the, the biggest factor and we haven't talked about it yet, but Matthew Stafford, like Matt Stafford didn't play a perfect game last night. And you know what? That is huge for them. Because if they're able to win and he's – because Matthew Stafford's either incredible or he's blowing up and has two or three picks, right? Yeah. There's not and a I thought whole if lot we got, of this. Even in, like, the first half, I was like, this version of Matthew Stafford, we should beat that. Like, yeah, we're good. Yeah. And obviously, Tart dropped the what should have been interception, and that was brutal, right? You know, it was a punt, basically, and I don't know what, what he did. And so, look, there was a couple things that broke Stafford's way, but that's ultimately a huge part of football anyways – getting certain breaks, but on your B night, right? Like on your B plus night, if you want to say that's what it was, are you still good enough to beat an elite defense? And are you still good enough to win a big game? And like, there's been Super Bowls where Rod or playoff runs were like Brady and Peyton, like didn't have their fastball, like didn't have their best game, 
but their defenses picked them up and, and other guys made plays, but they also did just enough to still come out on top. And I think the fact that Stafford didn't play a perfect game and wasn't lighting it up is it adds so much confidence. Cause you're like, he he's struggling, but he's still believing. Right. So you have that leadership aspect of it, but then he also still is believe believes in himself enough and still has the confidence, even on an off night to still go out and make plays when he needed to. There was that one play, I think it was on third and long, um, but Stafford threw a ball on like a, a mid to deep uh, slant route to Cooper Cup. And, I, and he, it was a big first down. I think he ended up taking it for about 20 yards. But that throw and threading the needle in the second half, I think it was in the fourth quarter when he did it, that window was this small, man. And he somehow found a way to get it through. And that was later in the game when they – do you remember the play I'm talking about? Yeah. Like – Yeah. I think it was 26 yards on a slant yeah. route. Yeah. That caught him within the red zone. Yeah. It, it was it was just a spectacular throw. And, again, that's in the fourth quarter after he's already kind of struggled, but he still had the confidence to step up and make the throw. And I think that's one of the big question marks people had about Stafford is not is he talented enough or not is he, you know, an elite quarterback, but would he – have this when it came to it and because he only played in one playoff game in his career before going to the Rams we just never knew and so now that we've we've seen it we've seen him look incredible like he did in the Tampa Bay game right we've seen him look uh, so so in you know in this game and and then obviously in in week one uh, or round one of the playoffs they you know comfortably ran over Arizona so we've seen all iterations of him two really good performances a pretty good performance but made big plays and now he's getting ready to go play you know a, 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 in my opinion a, a definitely not just opinion but just fact a worse defense than what they just went up against in the san francisco 49ers um yeah. i don't know man i just i just am so impressed with what i saw from him and the story of the rams and this win i really do think comes from more on the defensive side of the ball where they just were not going to let San Francisco score in the fourth quarter. They just, they were uh, something switched in that for at the start of that fourth quarter after playing, you know, look, 17 points is, is not a terrible, you know, three quarters, but they knew that they had to be better and they showed out and did it. And, and I mean, Eric Weddle leading the team in tackles after he was on the, on the couch a month ago, how ridiculous is that? Nine tackles. Um, but their linebacker play, the kid reader, he he yeah. was a huge difference maker, right? Because they were stacking the box. And so it wasn't even just the big uglies up front. It was every time Elijah Mitchell, you know, was running on on a, you know, whatever, you know, running play, he was getting met in the hole. There was just constant like, boom, someone's there. Uh, and that's huge, man, especially when, when San Francisco's entire offense is predicated on being able to run the ball. And then you get to it at the end and, you know, they were able to get pressure. And like, what was Jimmy G supposed to do on those two of the two of the last three plays there? Yeah. He had guys I, I in his lap. I don't know. In seconds. There were five guys around him within within two seconds of the snap. And like, the thing I, was, I think the that offensive line was just tired for the Niners because they had done such a great job all night yeah. of, of double teaming and neutralizing. Alex Mack did a great job of sliding over to help on whatever side Aaron Donald was covering. Um <clears throat> One on one did an amazing job banged yeah. up. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and go, so and they going just up did against such Von a Miller. Great, yeah. I mean, he, they did such a great job all night long. I just, I think that they just ran out of gas and it was kind of like, you know, I don't know if you've ever played NFL blitz, but I'm old enough to have, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you used to be able to like uh, on that game, you know, on Madden, you kind of have to time your your jump off the off the snap. Yeah. In in this in NFL Blitz, you could just highlight the uh, the defensive end sprint like you were already running to go. Yeah. And he would just kind of run in place. Yeah. And it was hiked. It was that's what there were that versions Rams, of Madden that had that too. Like you could turn yeah. that setting on or off. But yeah. Oh yeah. That's what sure. that Rams defensive line looked like the last <laughs> two series for for the 49 against the 49ers. Yeah. That's and and that's with two of the the three best defensive linemen in the league. So, um, I mean, yeah, credit to the Rams and the way they play defense. They they just shut shut down the the Niners uh scheme really for most of the game so and I know you I know you hate LA and I know you hate the Rams yeah um big time but if if this same roster was playing for I don't know Jacksonville right and they were in this spot wouldn't you have to say that this is a very likable team like very like the players themselves um yeah, I, 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 yeah. And like, because, say what you will about o- Odell. He's probably the one outlier there. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I got I nothing kind of, bad to say about him. Yeah. Since he's been to LA, he's, he's done everything right. And he even was so, he was quiet and was, he wasn't out in the public, you know, bad mouthing the Browns. Like, oh, I want to get out of here, demand a trade or do this. Yeah. Like his dad was vocal and people were vocal about it, but he didn't come out and say anything, you know, and, and like, I actually kind of give him props for that and, and for how dramatic and, and you know, how much he used to flip his shit early on in his career, it does kind of feel like Odell's matured a little bit, man. And seeing him go up to Debo on the sideline afterwards, I thought was really cool, you know, because like it or not, like for us, like a lot of people might like OBJ. A lot of people might hate him. That dude is respected by other wide receivers in the league. Like the other, like, he is arguably like the number one, like OG guy that guys look up to in the league right now, like for whatever reason. And I, and I know he obviously had a bunch of good years there in New York and obviously the catch is one of the most famous, you know, plays we've had over the last, you know, 20 years, but the guys in the league, like love Odell, like, and we saw that when the whole free OBJ thing came out, but I don't know, man, like, I'm like kind of in support of OBJ right now and this vibe and Cooper cups, incredibly likable and Stafford's incredibly likable Donald Eric Weddle coming out of retirement to do this. Right. And even Jalen Ramsey again was trash talker early on. Now he's like a mature leader and veteran and Von Miller. Yeah, I, they're just, just a likable team. I don't know. It's what I, it's just my rival. That's all. Uh, and that's it. Like I, I for sure pick, pick almost, well, there's a handful that I can't stand, but pick uh, anyone on the Dodgers, right? I don't hate them as baseball players. I hate the team that they played for. Yeah. I don't hate Russell Wilson. I hate the team that he plays for. I don't hate LeBron. I hate the team that he plays for. Yeah. And the stupid city that he stupid represents. But I I, I have that nothing. stupid nothing represents. But, yeah. I, I have nothing but, but good, except Stafford, punchable face. But we'll get there. Um no, I'm kidding. He's good. I was going to say, like, job. if we had this exact yeah. same conversation a year ago and I told you, hey, Scotty, next year, Matthew Stafford's going to be playing for a Super Bowl. Oh, I would have loved that if he were on the Niners. No, this is what <laughs> this is what you would say. Is you'd say, as long as it's not for the Rams, the Seahawks, or the Cardinals, then I love that's it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. But you you'd be like, it, oh, Joe. dude, that's awesome. Unless it was for one of those three teams, and then I would hate it. That's like word for word it. what you would say. Yep. Um, 
Absolutely. But no, I love Stafford. I like this team. The Cam Akers story. Like, yeah, that's incredible. He's a difference maker. Like, he wasn't yeah. amazing yesterday. I mean, what did, what did he end up finishing with? I think it was uh, it, it, four, it, 48 yards, uh, and then he had, he had one catch, too. But um, I just – it's an amazing story, dude. Like, and he got 13 carries. Six months ago, this dude tore his Achilles. And now he's playing yeah. in the, he's going to be playing incredible. in the Super Bowl. It, it's an un, unbelievable, unbelievable story. So good for good for them. And but not I'll LA. say this too. I'll say this. I'll say this too, Scotty, for for your sake. Seeing Kyle Shanahan, and I know that he made it was not great yesterday, but I also don't think he was terrible. Um, I, I thought he did about as much as he could given what they were going up against, and the fact that again they were up ten going into the fourth quarter. But Kyle Shanahan just continues to prove, like looking at the run that they just went on, going nine and two in their last 11, beating, you know, three, beating the Rams in LA, beating uh, the, the Cowboys in Dallas, and then beating Green Bay in Green Bay all in a row. Uh, that stretch is impressive as hell. G- again, given the roster and the team that he has and, and what they've gone through this year. I know, like you, like you said, like there was all this talk, like, oh, it's just going to be, you know, it's Kyle Shanahan on the hot seat. I always thought it was ridiculous because I just believe in, in Kyle Shanahan. And he, again, this run proves oh, yeah. it. And losing this game should not take away from the ridiculous run that he led the Niners on to get to this point. Like no, he deserves a no, ton of credit should. for that. And, 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 and you just have a that hell dude of a locked job. up. Yeah. And a hell of a job coaching up, you know, first year guys. Uh, on on his staff, Mike McDaniel on the offense, D'Amico Ryan in his first year as the uh, as the Niners defensive coordinator after Salah had left. So yeah, uh, just just an amazing staff that that he's put together. And uh, and then I it's just the two last points, like the the way that we talked about Burrow in the in the first segment. Right. And the, the young, exciting quarterback with the, the up and coming head coach, like I'm super stoked uh, despite the loss. I'm super stoked to see what this means uh, for Trey Lance, because that's the mm-hmm. kind of quarterback that that we've seen it burrow included have success in, in the NFL. So with the team as constructed, if he just keeps getting better and better and better, I think we're we're in really good shape. And, and really poised with him and Kyle and the staff that he's assembled to uh, to uh, be making these runs uh, consistently in the in the near and uh, far future. I agree. I, I absolutely agree. And I, I just I don't know, man. Like, I, and I again, I get it. The short there's been some shortcomings, but we say it all the time. Like, he did his part on the Jimmy G play in the Super Bowl, right? That he just barely overthrew the guy. You know, like he's called the perfect play and it was right there for it to, you know, and, and there's some things that are out of his control, but you know, one or two plays go differently. And and we're talking about Kyle Shanahan in such a different light that I just thought, you know, when there was weird rumblings about like his, you know, what's the deal with Shanahan and the Niners. And I, I just think this run proves everything you need to know, yeah. which is just. This, I mean, the Niners went 10 and seven, sort of the Bengals, right? Like, and they play an incredibly difficult division and they did really well against the, I mean, they beat the Rams twice this year, asking them to do yeah. it a third time on the road in the NFC championship game after being on the road in LA. And then you're going to Dallas and then you're going to green Bay. And now you're coming back and you got to go back to LA. Like 
that's hard, man. Like road trips in the regular season only last like two weeks at a time. If you're going that far, you know, you might have two or three weeks in a row where you're playing road games, but doing it four times, that's an insane ask of a team. And yet they were still right there. And so much of that, so much of that goes to Kyle Shanahan. Um, Yep. And, uh, and lastly, a streak broken. The last 18 Super Bowls have had either Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or the San Francisco 49ers. That streak is now over with really? no Tom Brady and no 49ers. Yeah. And how many in a row? 18. Well, I can think of at least one. I can think of two, actually. Steelers-Cardinals. And then Rodgers and Green Bay against Pittsburgh. Oh, the, the Steelers might have been. Maybe, I was going to say, maybe yeah. Big Ben. Yeah. It's like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. That's it. Yeah, Big it was. Ben. Sorry, I just checked the stat. It okay. was Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, or the San Francisco 49ers. Or the San Francisco 49ers. Huh. I think you're right. I think you're right. Streak broken. Go Bengals. Broken. Yeah, we're rooting for the Bengals. And we'll look, we're we're gonna, I think the way we're gonna do this, uh, we're definitely gonna do some coach stuff because we saw a couple of coaches uh, get announced here over the weekend. We'll get into that stuff on Friday's pod and then kind of do a little live, you know, producing here because I think what we do is I think next week on Monday on Tuesday's pod, we will do a breakdown of one team on Friday's side pod we'll do a breakdown of the other team and then that also will be incorporated with uh, our overall game preview um but i think it's worth going back on the seasons and really taking a look at how these teams got there uh and, and then what their strengths are what the weaknesses are and what we think we can do so we'll stretch and we'll get a bunch of different stuff going on um, we'll hit a little bit of nba stuff but first we are going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk about the goat who uh might be headed for the pastures not literally but retirement uh we'll do that after this so aside from the games that we had over the weekend obviously conference championships supposed to be this main story nothing else is going to be important sports-wise over the weekend that is until adam Schefter sends out a tweet saying that tom brady is retiring Um, what we were together when this broke, and my brother-in-law Kenny just says Tom Brady's retiring. And we we're like, no, he's not. And he was like, yeah, he I is. didn't believe him. I know it, it always takes there. It's you can always tell the severity of a news story like this with how many times you accuse the person that's telling you of it that they're lying. <laughs> right? Like when this news broke, I said to Kenny, I was like, no, no, he's not. He's like, yes, he is. I was like, no, you're lying. No, yes, he is. No, no, no. Like the mo- every time you deny it, it, that's how crazy the story is. And not to make light of it, but like Kobe Bryant was the exact same thing, except like 10 times more. But like, I didn't believe I was, I, I saw a hundred tweets from verified people or whatever, all this stuff. Like I never actually fully believed it until, you know, like a day, but yeah, with Tom Brady or Ty, like that's like we said earlier, it's a fucking bombshell, dude. Like, and I think too, I had the hunch when the season ended. We talked about this last week, but I had the hunch when the season ended that I was like, I don't know, man. Like, 
when when athletes start talking about their family and they're like, yeah, you know, I just want to, you know, thinking about might need to spend more time. I want to leave it up to them. Like as soon as the family gets involved, it's like, I get like my little antennas like pop up and I'm like, all right, I think, I think I know where this is heading. And look, to be fair, we should say that there's also conflicting reports that he's not going to be retiring. Um, he still has not released the last episode of his documentary series. And there are rumors that and I know that Hank from part of my take said this too, but I've also done looked around and like, wouldn't be surprised if that's when he does it. He has a podcast. He does for Sirius XM with Larry Fitzgerald and uh, Jim Acosta, I think it is. Um, and they, you know, they it's, it's him and those two guys and they've been doing it all year, but now it's gotten to the point where, like on Sirius XM, like, is he going to do it on the podcast? Is he going to put together a video for it? Is he going to announce it during the documentary? Um, and it's just crazy that like Schefter kind of just came in and blew this whole thing up. And I said at the top, Jeff Darlington is very well connected with the Brady camp. He was the first person on the Brady is going to move on. Like there's somebody in there that like either Brady likes Darlington and trust him or, you know, there's some other speculation that like he didn't like what Schefter, how Schefter did the reporting on Deflategate. And so he's always kind of never really trusted Schefter with stuff. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's pretty much done here. It's just a matter of when he comes out and, and does it. So yeah, man, it's the goat. It's just crazy. It's, it's, you know, I don't know what I know. I was with you when you first find out, but now that, you know, we're a couple days removed from it, like still kind of doesn't really feel real. Right. No, and and again to to the point that there's nothing, you know. I I trust, you know, the the sources that it came from as as much as as you do, and and you're connected to that more uh, on a on a much deeper level than I am, uh, just with the nature of your work. But like, those are pretty reputable people uh, who reported it in Chapter and Darlington. So like, I don't know when I read that um i did i did the the similar sort of thing i was like checking uh twitter i was googling to see if it was and and we're out in bumfuck virginia and like not getting any service yeah (laughs) i'm like we're out on like a farm at this winery and we're like i i can't like it wasn't twitter wasn't loading (laughs) yeah um but it's kind of like weird there it it feels like a void right like it, it felt it almost felt like no matter what happened yesterday, the fact that this broke on Saturday, it would be like, Whoa, I'm way more focused on that than any of the four teams that are playing right now on Sunday. Yeah. Um, Because this is huge. Like I I've, I've been around for one of these, right. I remember what, and even he came back out of retirement and played again. That was Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Uh, So I, it's just it's weird to me it, it just there's a, a huge void and then you get to starting to think about you know accolades and all this stuff none of which are gonna be touched by the way um but like it, it's 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 crazy to see some of the uh some of the accomplishments uh because you know that's the natural progression when you hear something like this you're like oh well let's uh let's remember like it's a funeral uh let's remember yeah. him uh and all of his uh, the great things he did for the game of football. It's like, duh, he's, he's only the greatest player that has ever played the game. Um, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, and, and look, I do, whenever he does officially announce it, I am going to 
go through and do my own list of my personal favorite Tom Brady facts, because I just said to you before we were recording, I was like, let me go see if I can find one of these like Twitter threads of just here's the 10 most ridiculous Tom Brady stats. But some of them I'm like, I don't know. I want to go through like as many lists as I can find. And I'm going to make my own little, like these are the ones I think are crazy. And we'll do that on the pod whenever he does officially retire. Um, I hope it's on the, the doc. That would be sweet. Yeah. Yeah, right. I I don't know, man. I, I think the documentary would be the coolest way to do it. I think it was interesting, though. I wonder when this decision was made, right? Like, I wonder if there's something that behind the scenes we don't know about. You know, I do think he wants to spend time with his family, but he always said, like, he's even said it within the last year. He's like, I, in his words, he'll retire when he sucks, like when he's no longer good. The dude just led the league in passing and had the yeah, most passing yards he's ever had in this season, right? It's <laughs> either going to be him or Rodgers, so there's a good chance he, he – and I don't know. I, I guess it's just – I hope he does what he feels is right, man. He doesn't know the, the NFL or anybody a fucking dime. He's added more entertainment, more engagement. There's an interesting argument to be made that thinking about when he came into popularity, right, in, in the early 2000s, the NBA was just coming off of the high of Michael Jordan where the NBA was the hottest ticket in town. Now football always did better numbers on, and ratings and stuff, but then they weren't the figure in the sports world, the way that the NBA was with Michael Jordan or Michael Jordan was the most famous person on the planet. Like, like we all think LeBron stuff, not like dude, like Jordan in that time without smartphones and Twitter or social media or any of this shit where all you were getting was from news and that like, some of the footage from the last dance is jaw dropping. And it actually, there, there was a, a time there during that, you know, six championship runs with Jordan where he was bigger than anything else in sports. And the NBA struggled for a few years, right? What you want to go up from 99 is last year with the bulls, but you know, LeBron, uh, LeBron James was came, 03. Yeah. yeah. LeBron came four years after, but at that time, LeBron was, wasn't LeBron in magnitude. Obviously, he was. A, we're going down a rabbit hole here, and I'm not doing a good job telling my point. But essentially, what I'm saying is that Tom Brady came back and helped, and the Patriots helped make the NFL, I do believe, what they are today. Like the growth and popularity that the NFL had, which, again, the NFL was always the most popular sport. But what cemented it as like this sport's not going anywhere. Remember five years ago, we were talking about concussions being the end of football. And then it was, oh, the ratings were down during the first Trump and, and Clinton election, right? And there was all this stuff. We were talking about golf, football. Football just destroyed every other statistic in television this, this past weekend. You right. know, like, like, like the numbers for the conference championship games are higher than they've basically ever been. And so part of that absolutely is, is comes from the Patriots because t- people want to see a team they don't like lose. Right. They want David like to beat Goliath. And you love that's what I say all the time. Same thing with the Warriors. Like people were sick of the Warriors and the Cavs playing every year. Well, the, the ratings actually went down the first year that it wasn't Warriors and Cavs when it was Warriors versus the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Because people tune into what they know. When you have dynasties, even the casual fan knows, oh, I don't like Tom Brady. Like we're sitting there at the winery and my sister and, and your wife, you know, we say, Oh, yeah, Tom Brady retired, and both of them are like, good. Yeah, get it, get rid of them. And like they're both football fans, 
but they're not like diehard fans like we are like that spend time talking about it on a podcast and like i do it for part of my work and that kind of shit like they're more of on the casual side and yet they know like yeah we hate tom brady and that is ultimately really good for football and the fact that he stayed around for 20 years i mean think about the kids who were zero who were born the year he started are now going to be old enough to drink this year yeah he uh it's just absurd uh, I think he's what he was like 20. Yeah. 22 or 23 years older. No, 22 years older than his right tackle. Tristan Wirfs. That's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Like Like literally Tristan Wirfs. And like, what's crazy is now there's a whole new generation of people that know him and still wanted to root against him. And I guess it's good that we still have like the chart, the chiefs who are going to kind of fill that, that void. But we also have all of these incredible quarterbacks, young quarterbacks now. Yeah. And the league is in great hands. Like, there's no question about that. But what Tom Brady did for the NFL, I don't think can be understated. I do think so, it's similar to a Jordan-esque thing with the Bulls. Like, Absolutely. It, it, absolutely. And, and instead of a six years where he was the number one most famous person in the world like Jordan was, it was 20 years of him being in football and winning at every single stage that every generation, the last 20 years of kids who grew up watching football have an association with who Tom Brady is, which is crazy. Yeah. And it's not just here. Like, look, I think here it's done a lot in terms of growing, not just the NFL, but look at all these other leagues that have popped up in that time. The XFL had come up twice and now probably a third time. Uh, and the USFL, the the Alliance of American Football, all of those were meant to combat not the NFL, but like just trying to get a piece of that pie because it had grown so large that that there was there was pie to be had in, in, yeah. in that analogy, right? And then globally, you think about it, you go anywhere now. Not only do you know the name Tom Brady, but like the the way that the NFL. And granted, it's only like a couple of countries, but still the, the fact that the National Football League, the lone sport that America was left with as its native sport, mm. has now grown internationally at, at a rapid pace. So like, well, and, I and would that's say a credit. Even, even to that same point, Scott, think about when the NFL started, what was the most, but what, what's America's pastime? We're both baseball guys. Baseball. Yeah. But right? that's more of a global game thing, than football was. That's what but I'm like, saying. But it didn't, it wasn't always like baseball wasn't popular. Like baseball was already America's pastime well before it was ever globalized. It's become globalized because of it. But I think it's even a better, a bigger Testament to the NFL as to what you were saying is that now when you think about what is America's premier sport, it isn't baseball anymore, which it was for a hundred years. It's, yeah. it's the NFL, and as you said, like the NFL is not like, N- like the NBA, where the NBA can set up basketball games pretty much anywhere in the world. Like It's a lot easier to do that. We've seen N- uh, college basketball games be played on aircraft carriers, right? Like So y- y- you can move basketball into a lot of different places. Moving an entire NFL team and that operation overseas takes a tremendous amount of work and effort, and, and in order to make it worth it, there has to be this worldwide international desire for it, which it has. I think it's yeah. a fantastic point. Yeah. Um, and then the other, the other thing for me, because I, you know, was old enough to, you know, start growing into uh, uh, the sports fan I am now when Brady started. <clears throat> so I've kind of grown up with the entirety of it. And 
for a long time, I was in that, that camp, you know, as I was maturing as a, as a sports fan, I was like, all right, enough with the winning. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing Brady, all of that. Right. <clears throat> I've now reached, uh, as, as Brady had entered the, and this was three Super Bowls ago, Super Bowl wins ago that he had, I was like, you're at a point in your life, man, just appreciate what you have in front of you. And it's great. It's so just stop hating it and just embrace the fact that you get to live in a time where you can watch this level of greatness from another human, because there's so little of that in, in most of the rest of humanity that just like appreciate it. And, and while it's in front of you and, and now, and that's part of the, the void I was talking about earlier. Now that's, that's leaving. So, um, I mean, it, he's, he's a savant, right? Like I, I, I throw this word around and people I've gotten into arguments about it with people regarding certain like political figures and stuff, but the word genius, right? We use it in a very casual sense to the point where it doesn't really mean what it's supposed to mean, right? Like if you're a genius, like a true genius at something, your brain chemistry is literally wired differently. Your brain chemistry plus the environment in which you were raised in is wired differently than those that allows you to, to access certain parts of your brain power to become one of the best in the world at something. Like the example I use all the time is Kanye West. Kanye West is literally a musical genius. He has synesthesia. Like his brain is wired to hear and process music in a different way. He also is, is brilliant, but he's also a fucking lunatic, right? Because your brain only does have so much power. So a lot of people who are brilliant at one thing may not have certain social skills. And you add certain things like fame involved, like Albert Einstein's another example of that, right? Dude married his cousin, but he's still one of the smartest people to ever live. Tom Brady's brain is literally wired because he's such an ultra competitor. Same thing with Michael Jordan, where it's like, there are such ultra competitors that as long as they can still be great, that's all that matters. Yes, they're going to have other things in other lives. And, and I think with time, you start to develop that side. But he's a competitive genius. Like he just, he's obviously brilliant at football, but it's the competitiveness in here and the way that he's wired to just be great that sets him on another level that for someone like you or me, we'd be like, dude, retire. What are you doing? Go live your life, be around your family, do all this stuff. To him, it's going to take an extra six years and another Super Bowl ring and leading the league in passing. And then also, yeah, having your beautiful supermodel wife who's been nothing but upstanding and a badass by your side all this time to be like, yo, cut the shit. Let's go, you know, because seven out of 10 Super Bowls isn't enough for him. Being in half of the Super Bowls over the course of 20 years, he went to 10 Super Bowls in 20 years. That's not enough for him. It's, it's, I have to, if I can be at my best, I have to be at my best and I have to be playing and using. Otherwise, what am I doing? Yeah. And even like Michael Jordan in his, in his last year, like Michael Jordan, people forget, had multiple 40 point games with the Wizards. And that was after not playing for a couple of years and also being the GM at the same time. Like mm -hmm. there was so much weirdness with that. But in his mind, it's like, if I can go out and compete, I'm going to compete until my body literally tells me I can't. And the normal logic that you or I, anyone else would apply just doesn't exist with them, which is why I find this pretty surprising. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a testament to him. Look, I mean, I don't have any kids, but I'd imagine even at some point you're like, man, my kids are now like 12 years old. Like I've missed so much of their childhood. Like, I guess it's time, you know, and, and maybe it's just like when you know, you know, but it's just been, it's been, and I liked what you said, right. You called it one of these 
right? It's the first one of these that we had since Michael Jordan, right? And I would argue that like Barry Bonds is probably on that same trajectory. Um, obviously the steroid stuff clouded some of it, but like his home run chase and, and his final year and, and all that stuff, like that was on sports center, every single home run he hit, it was a live cutaway on, on ESPN to Barry Bonds hitting the next home run to break the record. Uh, and I would say Michael Phelps, maybe, you know, and even he came back for one last ride in the Olympics in Rio and, and, and crushed it. But other than that, like, it feels bigger than when Peyton retired because we all we all knew it. Like Peyton could barely throw a football by the end of it, and Brock Osweiler had won a couple games that helped him get to that Super Bowl. Yeah, and the story and, was that they had just won, and it was like going off into the sunset. Bye. Yeah, of and course. It was like, what a great way to go. Yeah, and I think it's it's crazy now hearing this story, but we questioned like like literally two weeks ago. We were talking about like if Brady wins this Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, does he retire? And that was like, I don't know. I think he would bring it back for another year. And now that we see this, we're like, oh no, dude, if Brady had won this year, he was definitely done. If it's this, you know, now that he was gonna retire, but it just speaks to the the ridiculous run that he's been on, you know. And and, yeah. and I like I said, I'm gonna go through and compile a bunch of stats because Similar to what it was Tiger's birthday, I think it was like on New Year's Eve. And I went down a rabbit hole of like those same things, like just craziest Tiger Woods stats. And they're amazing. The Brady ones are, are almost better when you consider everything. Yeah. 278 <laughs> career wins, regular season and playoff. That's. Do you know who's number? Uh, who, do you, who do you think is number two? Um. Terry Bradshaw. Not on the not on the list. Not even not not <laughs> even the top ten. <laughs> this is why we need Vito because Vito would tell me exactly who it is and exactly the numbers. It's Peyton, Ma- it's Peyton Manning. Oh wow. Peyton Manning has two hundred on the dot career wins. Tom Brady has two hundred and seventy eight. And then after Peyton, it's Brett Favre with one ninety nine, Drew Brees one eighty one, Big Ben one seventy seven, Elway one sixty two, and then. It drops off, but think about that. <laughs> There's like a 78 wow. win, 78 win gap between I mean. him like, and the second place. And that's the tip of the iceberg wins. on on stats that aren't going to get touched. What's that? Six seasons? Yeah, now, yeah, over. Well, not if you're counting playoffs, I guess. <clears throat> that's insane. That's wild. Yeah, it's insane. Like I said, that's just the tip of the iceberg. So. And we'll, I'm, like I'm said, excited. We're gonna get more into that, but yeah, you're gonna. <laughs> and that, that'll be the homework for you, me, and Vito. We'll we'll go around and we'll just keep sending them in the group chat until we compile a list that we we think is best. Because it's just, or maybe everyone has to bring like five stats, and we'll just everyone shares their. We'll go around. I just I don't know, man. It, it's crazy. I was a little like nostalgic on Saturday when it came through. I was just like, I was a little sad. I'm not gonna lie. I you know, like you said, we don't get a whole lot of these. And you hate them and you hate them until all of a sudden they're not, you know, they're not around anymore. And then you're like, well, I don't know. I kind of liked hating you. <laughs> but there's too much also, hate in the world, Jeff. Just embrace it and self- love it. Selfishly, in front of you. <laughs> selfishly, every time Tom Brady won another Super Bowl, it just made the Eagle Super Bowl look better. So I will say, after beating him, my like, my love for Tom Brady definitely got more significant. But, you know, hey, here we are. 
It you know that uh, you brought up Barry Bonds, one of the, the greatest of all time. He and Tom Brady went to the same high school. How about it? Sarah High School in San Mateo, California. My rival, by the way. No. I'm sure that is not a sore subject at all. <laughs> it uh, didn't help, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> 20 years graduated from high school, so who cares? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I want to. All right, I'll do it anyway. Tom Brady has thrown touchdown passes to how many different players? Oh, it's got to be in the thousands. He isn't throwing Hundreds. a thousand. <laughs> it's well, got to be he... in the in the three hundred range. Three hundred? No, because Gronk has a ton. You're so. you're you're overestimating it. It's ninety two. But still, think about that. Six hundred and forty one. Nice. And actually, this is because he got over seven hundred, right? So this this is actually yeah. old. This says Tom Brady six hundred and seventy three touchdown passes. Oh, oh wait, no, here we go. No, it is ninety two. But before this season, this was after last season. So, but before this season, uh, it was eighty eight. So he added four more this year. Ninety two. Unbelievable. That's wild. Unbelievable. Ninety two different. Guys, I've caught a touchdown. Imagine that a room of, of ninety. Just imagine a room of ninety-two people. It's a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, it's a lot of people. All right, we'll get more into this once uh, the official announcement comes in, and uh, we will. We'll, like I said, I, I think what we're gonna do, we're gonna say Friday pod. We're gonna hit our coaching stuff here. Talk a little NBA, uh, and then again, if we hear any news about Tom Brady, maybe we'll slide that in there as well. And then next week, Tuesday, will be Bengals. Friday will be the Rams. And then we will uh, we'll double up on Friday's pod as well, and we'll do our actual full, preview for, for the Super Bowl. That's next Friday. Full Super Bowl Friday. preview. We're going wall-to-wall, folks. Betting action. Get oh, it yeah. amongst it. Let's go. Oh, yeah. As, as the great Mark Pack would say, get it all over yourself. And uh, we fully intend to. So, Scotty, thanks for hopping on. Keep your head up. All right. Penn State yeah, we'll football be starts right. in only just, uh, what, six months? Oh, great. What more disappointment could be coming? Sean Clifford, to the moon, baby. <laughs> to the moon. Yes, let's go, Shawnee. All right. Well, hey, Jim Harbaugh might be taking the Minnesota job. So there we go. Love that. There we go. Keep on it. All right, we're out of here. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you guys on Friday. And as always, take it easy, everybody. <laughs>